Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. All right. Well, I'm going to leave that here because this is this is for you, church. This is not for me. Uh, you're the church, not me. Um, thank you, and thanks, Shine.fm. It's such an honor and a blessing. If you don't know, we've been featured on them all week long. Uh, they've announced us, and I think even this morning somebody told us it's really pretty cool. Uh, if you want to visit them or see them after church, that'd be great. Before I move into the message this morning, we have a lot of special guests this morning. I want to honor and thank for coming on Evangelist Julian Wright. Why don't you come on up this morning? So um, he, he hosts an event here in Lockport every year where he gets the pastors and leaders in the city to come together and pray. Uh, do you want to just tell us a little about that? Well, hello, Thrive Church. <laughs> It is so very good to be here. Thank you, Pastor Brian, for this awesome opportunity. Um, I want to definitely just extend my invitation to you all. Um, This is the third year that we're doing this. Um, The Lord had really laid this upon my heart. This was during the um, COVID-19 breakout. And he extended to my heart to really just pray for our city, our nation, and our world. And so we have our, uh, a group of intercessors and prayer warriors and different ones in the community. And I hope that Thrive Church will surely be there, right? Right. <laughs> so it's going to be Saturday, July the 9th, starting at 2 o'clock p.m., right at the Lockport City Hall. I do have flyers with me, so after church, if you see me, you can feel free to grab one from me. I have plenty to go around. You can spread the word. Um, Mayor Stephen Stritt, um, Apostle Ernest Jones, and myself um, get this wonderful event together, and we just want to come and worship God and just really show the world that Jesus lives forever in our hearts. And I thank you so much again, Pastor Brian. I can tell you all, Pastor Brian has been such a great uh, help to this event year after year after year, and I know it's not easy at all. And I thank you so much, and congratulations to you and Thrive Church on your award. So thank you so much, and I love you all. All righty? Oh, thank you so much, Julian. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Man. He dresses good, doesn't he? Man, holy cow. I feel like I need to quit. <laughs> what a cool thing. Like, what a cool day. Like, okay, Shine.fm's here, and they're awarding us or something. And Pastor Julian Wrights comes out, and he's giving us something. We're honoring Michelle this morning. Not only that, if you don't know, this morning was Heidi's first morning leading the worship team. Yeah. And, and just to say... Uh, I would not say it if I didn't believe it. You killed it this morning. Worship team, you sounded awesome. Tech team, way to go. Uh, and, and the truth is, um, we did better with Riker not being here. That's, I'm just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. We miss him. Um, but he's ungrateful. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. We love and bless them. We're going to miss them like crazy. Uh, but you guys did an awesome job, and thank you. So we are, now we're going to get to the message, right? What time is it? That's not bad, 1040, right? We got two more hours. So <laughs> that's a joke if you're new. All right, so I don't talk that long. We are in a series called Repurposed Prayers, and we're looking at just different highlighted moments of where somebody prayed in the Bible, cried out to God, and then God showed up in a really cool or awesome way, and God, God answered it. Um, but the cry of their hearts is actually what we're getting to, and today we're talking about a, Paul, a, a prayer that Paul had for the Ephesians. We're just going to dive right into it. Um, I don't have any cool anecdotes this morning. Uh, I just want you to hear this prayer and what he's, what he's crying out for them. So the church in Ephesus, just so you know, uh, there's a, it's, it's called the book of Ephesians because it's written to a church in Ephesus. And, and Ephesus was the name of the church. Ephesians were the name of the people. So this is a church. If you go to Acts 19, 
you'll see when Paul goes there for the first time. And what happens there is crazy awesome. Okay, it's all the stuff that if you were raised Baptist, you try and move really fast through because it's really uncomfortable for you. Like, oh, no, I don't like that. Well, that just happened then. Let's, but let's not dwell on it. And they want to keep going, right? But God moved in power. Like so much so, when Paul would touch cloths, they would send it to people, and then they would take the cloth, put it on the sick person, they'd be healed. Right? Just awesome stuff. Now, some people are like, I want to see that again. Well, I will tell you this. If you see it on TBN and they're charging you $19.95, that's not God. Paul didn't, it doesn't say in there anywhere, he charged them for the cloths. Like, it doesn't say, so don't do that. Okay? But the power of God falling down in just an awesome way. It was, it was ridiculous. And what's cool is, it's really this neat mixture of him seeing God. And they're actually the church. They're, this is one of the moments in Scripture you can actually prove and point out the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate encounter from salvation. We believe every believer has the Holy Spirit. You do. Okay, that's who draws you to come to know him, accept him, forgive you of your sins. And when you ask him, there's a difference though. There's a different distinctive moment between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when you ask Jesus into your heart and life and the baptism, which is the power of God coming upon your life in a new special way. Okay, they're different things. Just like baptism, when we baptize in water here, we've got baptism coming up. If you want to get baptized, you need to tell us, okay? We've got baptism coming up soon. We have about four or five signed up now. If you've never been submerged in water by your own decision as a form of baptism, you've got to do it, okay? You need to do it. Like, well, that's not my salvation. You're right, but it's what a believer does. They proclaim to the world and before the Lord, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm in. Okay, so if you've never done it, you got to do it. Okay, sign up. Let one of us know. We'll get you signed up. Um, the only thing we ask is that you know why you're doing it. But you notice that moment is distinctive from salvation, right? Does, does dunking you in water save you? If you answered yes to that question, Let's talk after. It does not save you. <laughs> Only Jesus saves. But we do things as believers. One of the things we do is we get baptized. Another thing we do is we gather. Another thing we do, we take communion. Catholics, you call it the Eucharist, okay? We do those things. Those are not, well, when I want us. You know, well, if I feel like it. We've done far too much of that. If I feel like, if I'm not, if nothing conflicts, I'll make it. No, 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 no. We want these things. And Paul shows up to the Ephesus church, the Ephesians. And he's like, hey, what's going on? You're saved? You're Christians? And some of them are like, we have. And he's like, great. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we've been baptized in water. I don't know what you're talking. Who's the Holy Spirit? And Paul's like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. So our, is the Ephesian church, the Bible says in Acts 19, they're already Christians. Can you be a Christian and have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you without the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit dwelling upon you? Yes. So does that make you a better Christian? It makes you a better Christian. It doesn't make you better. You aren't at a higher level, okay, because... Somebody's not a better driver when they're given a Ferrari. <laughs> they're given a gift and it's awesome, right? And they're not worthy of it. So I just want you to know it's a distinctive thing, right? It's a separate, awesome encounter. And Paul has that moment. Paul has that awesome moment at Ephesus Church and he says, Hey, do you want this thing called the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Encounter the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. But here's the thing. They encounter it, and, and, and then he goes in, and he teaches in the temple every day. Ephesus was this capital city of spiritual stuff happening in that time. So, so here's what's happening in Ephesus. Like, this is where pagan gods 
Egypt and, and, and Roman and Greek gods. And, and Paul shows up and he's like, there's this guy named Jesus. And he's in and out of there debating every day. So God shows up. See, ever, there's too many believers in our type of church who think every Sunday's Pentecost. Right? The Holy Spirit does it all and we do no work at all. No. <laughs> and then there's people who are like, all those things ended today and we do all the work. No. <laughs> okay? Both are wrong. Okay? But what happens is it's both and. The Holy Spirit comes on us and he says go to work. Right? We put our hands to the plow and we push. But we don't make it rain. We don't make the sun shine. We just go to work. And then we watch God work while we're working. And he goes into the temple every day, and he's reaching out, and he's, and, and, he's, and he's teaching people, and people are coming to faith. But then it gets so crazy and so bad, it causes riots in the city. Right? You want to know if God's using you? Cause a riot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Man, God was moving in 2020. All right, so, so, uh, uh, too soon. So, so God was moving in this awesome, mighty way, Right? And, and then, a couple years later, he writes a letter to them from prison. If you're writing letters from prison, it's usually, please get in touch with my attorney. <laughs> That's not what Paul writes. Paul cries from his heart, and here's what he says in Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read two different prayers in this book that he prays over them. Starting at verse 17, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray your hearts will be flooded with lights so you can understand the confident hope he's given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. The same mighty power that Christ raised from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. This is his prayer for the Ephesian church. This is my prayer for you, church. thought about coming up with my own prayers. This is better. The word of God is better. This is a great prayer for your life, for the believers around your life. The cry, what does he say? He breaks it down. First thing he says is spiritual wisdom and insight. I want you to know more about God and who he is. There's too many Christians who think they get God. They know the church thing. I'm done. Period. I finished. I figured it out. I got it. I know what it's all about. Some of you are that way. Like, I know people who are like, I know what the assemblies of God is all about. I got it. I know what Catholicism is all about. I figured it out. I just, yeah, I know what church, they're all about the money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? And here's the thing. You can probably learn most, if not all, the things about denominations, people, church. Yeah, you probably can. But you've not learned it all about God. This is about a God who is eternity past, who has no beginning and has no end. It, understanding him is, is digging a well that can never end. He is eternal. You think you get God? You haven't begun to understand the knowledge of God. You don't know what he thinks. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. But a lot of people do that. Some people, what they do is they convert, few grow, and even fewer mature. Let me say that one more time. Some people, what they do is they convert, few grow, and even fewer mature. Very few people decide to mature in their faith. What they'll do is they'll hit the bullet points along the way like, okay, I'm going to come. Oh, you want me to go to growth track? All right, I'll do it. You want me to get baptized? Six months later, all right, fine. Put me in the water. And then after that, like, maybe I'll surf. Maybe. We have this resistance thing, and we think it's with church or commitment. No, 
Your resistance with all of those things is not resistance with me or Thrive. It's resistance with the Lord. You're not resisting me. I don't get paycheck bumps for every circle member that's added. (laughs) That'd be sweet. Let's work on that. Okay? But that's not, I'm kidding. (laughs) Like, that's not what happens. You know, Thrive doesn't get, you know, better stuff when one more person comes, like that's, you know, what, you know what new believers do when it comes to their giving? Nothing! <laughs> they don't give yet! Because they haven't gotten that revelation, and that's fine. But a lot of people, though, they, they grow just a little bit in the Lord. And then they stop. There's actually, I've shared this with you before, there's five different Greek words in the New Testament for stages of growth, spiritually speaking. And I'm not going to share with you the Greek words, because I can't pronounce them all, but, but it's basically infant, toddler, adolescent, adult, parent. Most believers, especially in the United States, at best, stop at adolescence. Don't point, but how many of you know who people who act like spiritual teenagers? Don't point. I'm like, Gary. <laughs> like, we do that, Right? But the truth is we all do it. We all stop ourselves in our growth. And Paul cries cries to this church, keep growing. I'm telling you, understanding, they're they're uncontainable. You You can't dig down deep enough. It's so amazing. So many Christians get caught up in wanting to understand new truths instead of understanding the depths of the truths they already know. You think you get the cross? You haven't even begun to understand what it's done for you. What we do is we limit our own growth spiritually. We stop it because we're uncomfortable with it. We don't have time. And and there's basic ways. There's really basic ways to grow more mature. It's real simple. Like, uh, read your Bible. (laughs) Daily. Read it. Let God speak to you through his word. Read your Bible. Pray. There's a crazy thought. Pray. Actually talk to God. You know, and I'm not bashing the Catholic Church, but one of the downsides of the Catholic Church for many years, and I, I think they've left this a little bit, but it, you weren't allowed to read your Bible. And I understand some of the reasons, because people get weird with the Bible sometimes. So they said, just let the spiritual leadership do it. Well, no, not, not correct. We should be in the word. And we should be in prayer. We should be connecting with the Father personally. Talk to him. You're like, well, I can't pray an hour. Did I say pray an hour? Does the Bible say pray an hour? And, I mean, Jesus said it once to his disciples because he was about to die. It was a fair thing to ask. <laughs> they watched him raise the dead. You know, like, uh, give him an hour. <laughs> That seems a fair, fair request, but just start where you can start and talk to the Lord. How many of you have a drive to work, and that drive time is not filled or on? Right? Go away. Those, those were mine in high school. I think in my high school, literally, they sent, I think it was a Q101 back in the day at my high school. They sent some guy to my high school naked. And like ran through it before it started. Now most of you don't know that story. Do you want to know why? Because it's stupid. (laughs) Nobody's like, man, I I really left my mark. (laughs) Yeah, the the mark that should be arrested. Like, what's what's the matter with you? No, but how many of us, if we just took those few moments, and at least part of those moments, and you're just with Jesus... You talk to him. You listen to the Bible. You read it. Okay? Pray. Read your Bible. Read other books about the Bible. Take notes in church. You know, one thing about taking notes in church, now, I, I went to Bible college, and, and it was so true. Just taking notes, here's the thing. You don't, you don't have to, but when you take notes, do you know when you physically write something down, it etches it in your brain more? Even if you never go back and reread it, it sticks in your brain just by that literal practice. Things, simple things like that. Listening to other preachers. Here's a crazy thought. 
<clears throat> listen to me sometimes on a Sunday. <laughs> you just can if you want. Instead of being like, great, worship and the announcements are over. All right, here we go. Candy crushing it. <laughs> you know, all right, worships is done. Let's see what's still left at the snack table. And I'm not saying you can't get snacks. I am saying maybe don't candy crush it. You know, whatever it is, just, just instead of, like, take the moment and soak in what you can. But Pastor Brian, you're a bad preacher. Fine, then fair enough. Okay, take what you can. Leave the rest. Deepen your spiritual wisdom and insight so that your hearts will be flooded with light. Gives you a confident home. Here's the thing. You let God fill you. You, you dig deep in the Lord. He is going to flood you with his presence. He's going to flood your heart with it. And the best part of it is if your heart is lit, so is the rest of you. If your heart's right, everything else will work out right in your life. I was having this conversation with somebody recently. They were talking about our denomination or fellowship or whatever you want to call us that we belong to is the Assemblies of God. We're going to our 100th anniversary of our district today. Uh, we're excited. It'll be a good time for the next few days. Uh, if you're like, what's the Assemblies of God? Don't worry about it. <laughs> we believe in Jesus. We believe the Bible. Just walk with him and serve him. Don't worry about the rest. But... I grew up in independent churches, not part of that group denomination. Turns out they're all break-offs of the AG from a long time ago. But you know what? I found people like, I won't go to an AG church again. I'll never go back to a Catholic church again. I'll never go to an independent Baptist church again. And you know what I've found with every one of them? They have classified what was broken in systemic things. Sounds familiar to our current culture, doesn't it? wrong is systemic this what's wrong is the government what's wrong is this side of the aisle what's wrong is this denomination what's wrong no what's wrong with humanity is man's wicked heart without a savior in desperate need of jesus without jesus we will fix nothing and even if we did fix it we just traded it for pride we fixed nothing. We just made sin trades. We need Jesus to change this. You dive deep into Jesus. He will dive deep into you. And he will transform you. Problem is we tell the surgeon what we think he needs to operate on. And that is kind of stupid. So you guys, some of you know, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I have kind of a nice back. I can do most everything, but, but there's, I go in seasons of pain and then out of seasons of pain. And thankfully, I'm, I'm much more out of a season of pain than I was in just recently, and I'm grateful. But I remember when I first went in, here's what was happening. You guys will know, understand sciatic pain, but you got to realize this was eight years ago for me, and I was like 34, which is kind of young for that to happen, but I'm blessed. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was having like numbness in my left foot and sometimes down my leg. And I went to the doctor and it was like six months. I'm like, hey, something's wrong with my leg. And he's like, all right, let's get an MRI of your back. And I was like, I don't think you heard me. <laughs> it's my leg, not my back. <laughs> he's like, trust me. <laughs> And sure enough, you know, it's the disc pushing on a nerve and then it goes down your leg. Now, I didn't know any of this because I'm 34 <laughs> and I don't understand how, how the things affect other things. And, and I'm not a candidate for surgery or anything like that, thankfully. But, but I, remember, I remember thinking, like, you know, you've got it wrong. And, but the doctor understood, I know what causes that, you don't. You think it's this problem. It's something else. And we need to get to the source of that problem. And so then they sent me to physical therapy. And then my back started hurting. <laughs> because they isolated the problem and started treating it. But then also the numbness went away. And I got better and I got stronger again. 
Because they figured out what was wrong and they knew. And with God, we tell him, deal with this in my life. You know, God, I need you to deal with my overeating. God's like, I want to deal with your insecurity and self-shame that causes you to eat. No, (laughs) that's not what's wrong. No, no, the food is the problem. (laughs) And the Lord's like, no, it's not what's wrong. Let me flood you with light and heal what's broken in your heart. Let God do that in your life. Let God enter into the things you don't want him into. And let me tell you, you will end up better. It won't be easy, but it will be awesome. And then he goes on to say, and when this happens, the greatness of God's power, you're going to know it. You're going to know the greatness of God's power. I don't know about you, I want that in my life. I want to know the greatness of God's power. Some of us don't. Some of us are like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I want God to do, a, you know, like if I'm short chain, like if I don't have a, like a dollar bill, I want the, I want the, I want them to be like, at the cashier, to be like, I forgive your seven cents. Go upon your way. That's good enough for me. That's good. That's God's power. And that's cool. That's nice. But that is nothing compared to what God can do. God can literally blow up on your life. I've shared about him before. There's a, there's a, there's a man called the heavenly man. Anybody here ever heard of him? He's still alive today. There's a whole book about him called The Heavenly Man. I forget his, uh, I forget his name. He's, he's, he's from China, and basically he's a committed, passionate Christian who has been kicked out of China, literally exiled from his country because they couldn't kill him, and they tried. They imprisoned him for 50 days. It is on record for 50 days he survived with no food and water. More than once, God led him literally out of prison by spiritually blinding their eyes. He walked right past the guards out of the building. There's video of it. This man, all he does is just live by the Spirit. Now, I don't want to go 50 days without food and water, and obviously I have not had to. But that man is experiencing the power of God. Paul did too, the same guy writing this. Now Paul was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was caned, he was imprisoned. He's writing from prison. Get that. He's writing from prison saying, the power of God is awesome. You know, I'd be like, hey, power of God, get me out of prison. (laughs) But Paul didn't do that. Paul was like, great, this is an opportunity to get back to some, to catch up, to catch up on, my, on, my, on my writing. Because the power of God wasn't his circumstance, it was who was with him in his circumstance. It was what God could do at any given moment, anywhere, at any time, for any reason. See, some people decide to make a decision to choose between God's power or his person, but they're one and the same. I have friends that, man, they study the word, but they they are not interested in the Holy Spirit. I have other friends who love the things of the Spirit, but aren't grounded in the word. And while I love them and I love their stories of what God's doing, I don't like going to the church services because I know I'm going to be there a while. (laughs) And I don't know when I'm going to (laughs) leave, right? But what if it's both? What if I don't have to choose between knowing God and knowing what God can do? That those actually aren't at odds. Those are working together. Do you want to see God's power in your life? I mean, really. And then there, I think there's a third category, and that's a few. God's power didn't show up in your life when you wanted it to, and so you don't believe it still works. And as let me tell you, as somebody who lost a son and cried out that day for God to raise him, and he didn't, now, let me rephrase that. 
for God to raise him here on this side of heaven, and he didn't. Because he did raise him. He's with the Lord right now, and I will see him again. I will go to him. I have wrestled with that same thing. That God doesn't move like that because he didn't move like that in that moment, that day, in that hour. But my Bible says something else. You're not arguing with me when you say God doesn't do that. You're arguing with him. You're arguing with his word. God still moves in power. And we should be a people that see him move like that. David was nobody, and he took down Goliath. Nobody, but God moves in power. I'm nobody, and this church shouldn't even exist, but God moves in power. You're not somebody without the Lord, but with him, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can watch God move in power in your life. He wants that for you. People make the mistake that God won't move in power because something didn't happen the way you wanted it to. But what if your will and his aligned because how close you were with him and how much you've studied him and dived into that spiritual knowledge and let him flood you with lights and now you're seeing God move in power. That's Paul's prayer. That's the Bible. I am reading to you the Bible. And if you're like, well, I don't want that, then you don't want part of the Bible. But God wants that for you. doesn't mean your personality has to change and you have to become somebody who's like, you know, sidles up to people like a ninja all the time, spiritually like, whoo, I'm here now. Holy Spirit just did it. Ha! You don't have to do that! God isn't looking to change your old personality and everything about you. He made you. He likes you. Okay, but he does want to come upon you in a special way that is awesome. And the best part is, and if you're worried about any of it, Paul goes on to say, you need to know he's above all of it. He's above every ruler, every authority, every power. He says that. If God raised him from the dead... And he says, that's the power that's in you. The power that raised Christ from the dead. How many of you here like, love Easter Sunday? If you don't, you're not a Christian. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you're missing something. Because it's, it's everything we believe. It's a great day, right? There's an energy in the air no matter what church you go to. Like, man, this is awesome. Why? Because it's a tasting and a celebrating of the resurrection power. But then Paul prays, you can have this all the time. You do have it if you have the Holy Spirit. Don't you want to live a little bit that way? So if God raised from the dead, what? He can get us a building. If God raised Christ from the dead, he can save your marriage. If God raised Christ from the dead, he can heal your body. If God raised Christ from the dead, he can, he, can, he can pull you out of anxiety. He can begin to lift and work through your depression. If God raised Christ from the dead, fill in the blank, because God can do it. That's that confident hope. I don't know when. God's timing is a whole other conversation. But God's willingness is absolute. When? I don't know. And wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you rather go to the grave in faith and meet him face to face and I, man, wouldn't you, the person who says, I, I hate that, the, the believer is filled with faith, God's gonna heal me and then he, they pass away. A lot of people are like, they lost the battle. God didn't do what they asked. I guarantee you, if you saw them before the Father, that's not what they would say right now. They would say, I, you did it, Lord. Here I am in glory, totally healed. God moves in power, and he wants to in your life. Who are you crying out to say, God, I want them to know you, and they're so far from you? Fair enough, fair. Keep crying out. 
keep believing the Lord because he can do it. And the best part is, you know, Obama was wrong. No, he couldn't. He tried. He couldn't. Why? Because he's just a man. But Jesus, yes, he can. He can. And he did. No, no, no side of the aisle. Has anybody noticed the, just the last two, three politicians did not accomplish the saving of our country? Anybody notice that? Well, Trump did. If he did, he'd still be there. He's not. Well, they stole it. Well, <laughs> then they were able to, and you still didn't save because he's just a man. And same thing goes with who's in there now and who the next person will be and the next and the next because they're not our saviors. We pray for godly, righteous leadership that upholds biblical values, and, we, and, you, and please vote that way. I believe in that, 100%. If God lays on your heart, go run for office. You know, if you're faithful to walking with the Lord, we're behind you, okay? But it won't be our salvation, because our salvation is Jesus alone. And then Paul says that. All of these things are going to happen. But you need to know, all authority, now and forever, is under his name. Right? This what happened. Now, I don't know if you know, but now there's an outbreak of monkeypox. <laughs> monkeypox. I saw a funny post this week. They're like, oh, it's monkeypox season. I don't, I don't even have my Ukrainian decorations down yet. Like, and that's, right, it's where we are. It's just nonstop. But here's the best part. I know who's in control. Sanity from the knowledge of God's sovereignty. Say that one more time. Sanity comes from the knowledge of God's sovereignty. I will not pass away till God allows it and not one day sooner. Now, yeah, we can take some things into our own hands. But God writes our story. And I have full confidence that he is God. And I set all my hope in him. And then his next prayer is in chapter 3. And here's what he prays. Verse 16 through verse 20. I pray that his glorious, unlimited resources empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you have the power to understand, as all God's people should. I'm sorry. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide how long, how high, how deep is his love for us? It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, that you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who's able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Glory to him in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Man, did you hear that? Glorious, unlimited resources. Whatever you lack, God has. Whatever you lack, God has. Say, I can't do this, Brian. That's okay, he can. I can't forgive this. That's okay, he can. I can't get better. He can make it better. How many of us have that kind of eternal, unwavering, exploding hope and optimism that my God can? He is that good. We know a few people like that, right? Some of you probably know somebody like that. They're not, the, they're not the weird believer who you're like, oh, everything's spiritual. They're, they're like the believer that's just filled with that confident hope that my God is who he says he is. He's that big. He's that awesome. He's that amazing. He's that powerful. He's that, he's that wealthy. He's that much of a physician. He is that God. Man, you want to be with those people. I want to be around those people. If I'm honest, I'm not always that person. Our elders know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, are you kidding me? 
But God is always that person. He's always filled with hope because he is who he said he is. And we're always able to be those people. The doctor gave you a death sentence? Did the Lord? Someone said, I'll never overcome. Is that what the Bible says? Look, we're not a church that believes in a wealth gospel that says everybody, you know, gets Hummers and giant mansions. No. We got something better than that. We got Jesus. And he can bless you with that. That doesn't mean God doesn't do that. He does that for some people. He blesses some people with wealth. I have a, I have a friend. I've told you about him, Chris. God has blessed him with an ability to make wealth. And you know what he does? Literally, the guy takes $1,000 out a month in cash and just through the month asks for divine, divine appointments and just hands it out because his wealth isn't for him. It's for the kingdom of God. That's what he does. It's, God does bless some people with wealth. And others, he blesses with other gifts and abilities. But whatever he gives you, it's more than enough, and it's awesome. We should be a people who are a lot more walking through seasons of joy than seasons of grief. Not because we don't face grief. Some of you will walk through more seasons of grief because that's the story God's got to walk you through. But I'm telling you, our joy should be greater. Our victory should be more. Our praise should be louder than our woes. Not because of what we're going through or what's happening, but because of who he is and what he does in our lives. If the cross of Calvary was just the beginning of his relationship with you, what what does the rest look like? Because that moment's pretty amazing and awesome. Is that the end of it? No. It's just getting started, baby. Your roots grow down deep. If you can leave a church easy, you don't understand what it has is to have roots in Christ. Do you know why last week was a snot fest as Hannah and Reichert left? Because they grew roots down deep and poured out their life. They got it. They get it. Say, well, the church isn't Christ. (laughs) It's his bride. The Bible uses that picture, right? Me and my wife are one. You hurt her, you hurt me. Church is a reflection of the Lord. Everywhere. And it's a big deal. I, we can't leave it easy. But not only that, when you, when you do arrive, grow down deep, man. Grow down deep. So many people, they can leave Jesus easy. Well, I just quit on God. Man, you didn't have any roots, bro. You need to grow some roots. And it's the best when you do. As we're about to close, the, the, uh, there's, a, there's a song he, he, he says in that verse, right, how deep, how wide, how far the love of God. There's this old hymn, it's a killer old hymn, it's called The Love of God. And there's some lyrics that they'll be on the screen. I just, these lyrics have always kind of blown me away. He creates this great poetic picture in this hymn. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. God's love for us, and this is what he closes with, it's just too big for you to even get. I've been far from God lately, Brian. That's okay. He loves you. I've been struggling. That's okay. He loves you. And you have no idea how much. 
He says that in this prayer to the Ephesians. You cannot grasp the depths of God's affections for you. The worst, farthest, most despicable sinner, God has immense affections for you. And it's I'm not, some of us get uncomfortable like that's a feminine love or some. It's way beyond feminine and masculine. It's perfectly eternal forever. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Think, if God has no beginning, was there a moment, was there a moment where God's love for you did not exist? Is there a moment that it doesn't now? I want you to think of everything you've done wrong up to this moment and know that God in eternity past before time began already knew that that would happen and loves you anyway. I want you to think of everything you think God didn't come through for you on and measure that against his word and think, am I I right? God didn't come through for me, but still here. God's not done with you. You're angry, you're bitter. God can handle your angry and your bitter. See, He's always working, He's always moving. His power is always at work. The resurrection was the beginning, and it's still today. God wants to move in power in your life, through your life. When you are sitting there thinking, when we're worrying, when we're wondering, when we're waiting, you need to know he's watching, he's working, and he is warring for us. When you have given up, God hasn't. When you're done, he's not. When you hate him, he says, come here, I want to hug you, I love you. When you're just ignoring him because you're just too busy, God's saying, I got all the time in the world for you. He's a perfect father. You know, I am a, I'm an okay dad. Some days I'm great, some days I am terrible. But the best part is, my son, like, they, they got the perfect father, and I don't have to be him. Some of you, man, you've been at war in life and spirit, and the Lord would say, let me fight for you. Let me show off in your life. Let me heal your heart. Let me fix your marriage. Let me do what only I can do and what you could never do. Let's stand together. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask you a question. Nobody looking around. How many people in this room today would say, Lord, I've been, I haven't followed you, and I need to. I need you to come. for the. You've never said this before in your life. For the first time, you want to say, Jesus, come into my heart and life. Nobody looking around. Just put your hand up, put it back down. Right now, Jesus, come into my life. Come. Second question would be this. God, I've been far from you. I've not believed in your power. I've definitely not believed in the depths of your love. I've been judgmental. I've been cruel. I've been angry. I've been scared. I've been bitter. What I've not been is close with you. And it's time to get back. It's time to get right. And you're like, Lord, take me back. And he is calling from heaven across eternity, across time and space. He is calling your name. Linda. Dan, John, listen to me. If that's you and you're like, God, I want to respond, flood me again. Put your hand up. Put it back down. Nobody looking around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Jesus, come on. I need you to break through. 
Break through this heart of stone today. Break through my anchor. What I'm going to do is pray for you. And when I say amen, you are free to go. But you're also free to stay and worship and be with the Lord for a few minutes. And let's let God work. Father, I pray for everybody in this room today. God, every life, every hurting heart, every broken marriage, God, every dream that's been dashed, every disease that seems to be taking over, God, every, every moment of cynicism, God, every harsh word that's been spoken, begin to undo it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I pray that you begin to flood them with life, with hope, with encouragement, with resurrection power, and they begin to walk in it. We begin to live in it. We begin to step into it. We begin to receive it. God, we begin to feel the forgiveness, the adoration, the love, the passion that you have for us. And we will live it out to the fullest in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Yeah.